I'm proud to announce the era of one-party Democrat rule in Washington is over. Washington now has a check and balance. The American people have a say in their government. And this new Republican leadership team is ready to get to work to put America back on the right track. Democrats were shuddering privately just right. a few days ago about how big the margin was going to be. Republicans were predicting a red wave, but they may end up with the same slim majority Democrats have had for the last two years. We are going to take the House back. But we've got so much more to do, and I have only begun to fight. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of men. Welcome back to the Ruthless Variety program and a high-energy Thursday episode. We are ready to go. Listen, guys, new leadership teams. Yeah. Everybody's ready, locked and loaded. It's time for a new era. Feels good. It does feel good. It does feel good. There's that that sort of purgatory period between right, an election, right. particularly one you don't feel great about, and the next step. But today is the first day I actually feel good about it. I mean, that's the thing is that the one-party rule of Washington is over. The Dems no longer have a monopoly. We got the House, and now's the time to hold the Biden uh, uh hold Biden agenda accountable. Right, because we got the gavel now, right? And I mean, that's ultimately what we wanted. It is what we wanted. It's what, it's what we we've wanted. been talking about since day one. It's what we've been talking about since day one. And there, look, there are a million reasons we covered most of them on Tuesday, right? Yeah. The one that has actually come to my attention because I've been going through, listen, I'm, I, I told you I'm a sore, sore loser. Yeah. Uh, so I went through a ton of data in the Nevada Senate race in particular. Mm-hmm. And it turns out, like, in addition to losing independence, which we didn't think was going to be possible, but in addition to losing independence, in the rural areas, we didn't have that great a turnout. There was not that great a turnout. It was okay. For a midterm, it was like, you know, average, a little above average. But it wasn't terrific. And that, like, boy, I mean, that part, that bothers me. Right, given given all of the things that we've been dealing with, the the piece that disproportionately hits rural America with inflation and everything else. Yep. I mean, man, it just it and just things like we won on the issues. Like you see all the polling, which said on the issues, Republicans are winning. I think there's a lot of space to learn from this and to move forward with the like nuts and bolts of we need to be able to have field operations that can reach out and collect ballots from these individuals who may not be like as motivated enough to vote that I'm going to get in my car and I'm going to vote as they are that if someone shows up with a ballot and says, hey, can you fill this out and I'll take it to the poll site? Yeah, because we got to get... That's what the Dems are doing. So got to get there, going. There's a lot of studying that needs to be done, a lot of reflection, a lot to be upset about, but there is a silver lining in that uh, House Republicans appear to have taken the majority. And do you know what that means? That means oversight. Yeah. yeah. And this morning... Uh, Jamie Comer, who's a congressman from oh, uh, good from friend Kentucky, of the program, good yeah. friend of the program. Jim Jordan, another friend of the program. Yep. These guys are holding a press conference today, so I encourage everybody to check it out. They're going to talk about exactly what they plan to do to get to the bottom of all the malfeasance yes. in the Biden administration. Oh yes, this, love this to is see what it. this we is what we've want. been talking about since day one. It's fantastic. Well, listen, the program's going to have some variety in it today, and we're not going to dwell too deeply on things of the past we'll talk a little bit about it uh but the bottom line is 
we're gonna we're gonna move forward. We're gonna move forward. We have so much variety to offer here in these next few weeks. I mean, we, guys, we got a big Thanksgiving episode next we week. We do so much for and, and I and I love uh, seeing all the minions, all the folks uh, on Twitter being like, we are looking forward yeah, to yeah. the annual tradition. I saw yeah. I saw a couple of people be like, I, I re-listened to last year's <laughs> yeah. episode right, right. just to get in the mood. Yeah. Because yeah. it's always a classic. For our new listeners who maybe came in in the last few months or so or, or just ahead of the election, Thanksgiving, we really, we show out. Yeah. We, uh, yep. You're going to want to check out. Game. You're going to want to check out season one, season two, <laughs> and then we'll get you season three. It's like, it's like Call of Duty. It's yeah. like every season, every year, it gets better and we better. Drop it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but speaking of, of somebody who ultimately improves their lot in life, no matter what happens to them, have you guys followed this Pete Davidson situation? Unbelievable. What's going have on? Have you What's, followed this we, month? Yeah, we should, we, we, we should have Hen do a segment because this is getting out of hand. We got to put one on this the guy agenda. is like giving like Leonardo DiCaprio a run for the money. Of yes. Like, I keep he makes Jared Leto look like he was he was sleeping during it's the nineties. Insane! What happened? Well, the guy's now dating Am- Emily Radzikowski. Oh, okay. Right? Okay. I mean, you recall he was the Kardashian yeah. situation. Before that, he was dating uh, Kate C- Beckinsale. Kate, Kate Beckinsale. And before that, it was Cindy Crawford's, Cindy Crawford's daughter. Cindy Crawford's daughter. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then and then it was the what was the pop singer? What's her name? Uh, uh, I don't, I don't know. Paula do. Abdul. Yeah, it's Paula Abdul. Smash. That's exactly yeah. feels totally right coming from you. This guy, like the deal he has made with the devil, dude, has to be insane. He must be like a hypnotist or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know how he does it. She's got the t- no, it was uh, Adriana uh, or yeah, Grande. Grande. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ariana Grande. Ari- Ariana Grande. Yeah. Sorry. I don't listen to a lot of pop music. No, and, and it's like beyond that even. Yeah. The guy is a magician. Yeah, he really is. And and the thing is, is you know, when folks are like, oh, it's because he's a funny guy. It's like, well, actually, I've watched a few episodes of SNL over the past decade, and it's all been terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100% most, he's a hypnotist. Gotta be a hypnotist. <laughs> most, most of his jokes are about how he's a terrible drug addict or is depressed all the time. Like, you wouldn't think this would be the sort of behavior that attracts well, beautiful women. How tall is he? How tall is he? I don't know. He's got to be like 6'3". No, he's pretty tall. Well, let's but see. But I, I, my guess is that he also has some kind of a pitch that he's a, he's a project. You know, oh, and it's yeah. like the project. Hey, listen, hot just so the, the, the right woman can make me a nice guy. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, I've got I know all, that game. I got, all, yeah, right. <laughs> it's like second to waited out guy. <laughs> He's just not ready to settle down. <laughs> just not ready. Yeah, I'm gonna change him. Yeah, no, look, at, look at him. He could be such a nice man with those tat sleeves. I'm seeing a couple of different reported reports here. Six one to six three. That's so. it. That's a sweet spot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I think tall guy. I, I, tall guy. He's on a, a a show that runs every Saturday night. That gets you in the ball game. That is. I mean, basically, if you're like six two and on TV, hopefully it works for podcast too. But I, I mean, six two <laughs> and you got a TV show. It's all, that's it. Yeah, that but you know, it. but like here's the thing. Like Norm McDonald probably fits that same criteria, and he's a hundred percent funny, and a hundred percent funnier, and he didn't <laughs> didn't quite hit that <laughs> yeah. threshold that that we know of. Well, maybe he was more discreet. Mm. And also, he's probably one of the funniest people who's ever been on SNL. Oh, guys, so funny. He's, up, he's like Farley, Sandler, like all-star team. Totally, totally. So anyway, whatever it is that this guy's magic potion is, I just want him to come. Like, here's the thing. He disagrees with all of our politics, and he said so 
vehemently, which may be part of it, honestly. He's like mm-hmm. that Hollywood set. Be like, I just can't believe ever, how much everybody hates women, and like that's his that's his shtick. But I just want to have him on, and I just want to ask him questions. Like, what's I want to ask him questions. How yeah. does it work? Do you have to put like a, a pocket watch? Yeah. <laughs> no, like, what is it? Did you actually have like a hypnotizing? Has to be strategy. Has to be. It is really incredible. All right, so should we read some five stars? Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do that. All right, uh, Smash, have at it. Okay, this one comes from Lonely Conservative, titled Behind Enemy Lines. My fiancé gave me ruthless merch for my birthday, so you could say I'm a fan. And, of course, I found you all through Megan Kelly. Outstanding. I'm a late 20s female living in San Francisco, but a lifelong conservative. My parents are so proud. Which can feel very isolating in this city of San Francisco. I have to listen to Ruthless to remind myself that I'm not the only person in the world that thinks, among other things, inflation is more important than abortion. Solar panels won't save us from a climate catastrophe that isn't happening. Mm -hmm. And paying the homeless to do drugs is a stupid approach to crime (laughs) in this city. (laughs) Call them unhoused won't help either. That's right. Thanks for helping me keep my sanity in this liberal hellhole. P.S. I work in biotech. The global monkey shortage is a massive problem. (laughs) No, it is. I I agree with her. We reported it. I agree with her. Yeah, massive, massive problem. Well, Ashbrook just wants to kill him. Wait, 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 hold on. Well, Ashbrook agrees because the P.P.S. is who day. The P.P.S. is who day. There you go. So this is a Cincinnati. This is a Cincinnati Bengal fan. So wait, wait, living wait, wait, wait. in San Francisco. When she says the monkey shortage is the problem, does that mean they don't they can't test enough shit on monkeys? That's right. There's not enough mm. monkeys out there. Yeah. I think Fauci probably killed like half of them trying to get this thing weaponized. So it wasn't the banana pool. <laughs> uh, you know what? There are multiple ways, multiple ways to solve the problem. But uh, I will tell you that my daughter brought home a book the other day titled "Never Smile at a Monkey." <laughs> Sounds like sound advice. That feels right. It basically says if you smile at a monkey, it invites it to attack you. It wants to. It's like about it's. It's all about Show, animal safety. Showing your teeth is a sign of weakness in the animal kingdom. Well, in particular, in particular with monkeys, you don't like in the chimp world. Showing your teeth weak. It's Wait, like, are I'm, you kidding me? No, seriously. You know that old I man. I do know that. You well, you researched like not how to Dude, not you read get so attacked. much stuff. He knows it's everything. Insane. It's ridiculous. Oh, wait, are you serious? I'm serious. He's a reader. You can't show your teeth to a monkey. Yeah, it's it's sort of like when dogs break eye contact. Yeah, it's a sign of submission. Okay, same sort of thing. Do wow. you just stare down dogs then? Absolutely, I do. Yeah, you okay. Got, That's you how you establish dominance, down. and then you nip them behind the ear. What with your hand, just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> You guys think I'm the one with the idea. <laughs> well, my dog is well behaved. <laughs> and that's true. So. That's true. He's got a great dog, very well behaved. Maybe I you, think I think Duncan might know he's talking no, about. This isn't this is an audio medium, so they didn't see, but what I did with my hands there is I made a little pincer with my fingers <laughs> behind the ear on the neck. We're now we're now a dog training <laughs> podcast. What's it? His name is like Scout, right? Ranger. Ranger. He looks yeah. like a he looks like a wolf. Like yeah. it's, I no, think it he's does. Got a wolf. I, I'm dead serious. Y'all seen this dog? Yeah. It's like a wolf. It, yeah. No, it does no, look it like does. a wolf. I did not know that the pincher was a uh, a thing. Well, ask Caesar Milan. He okay. knows. Uh-huh. Okay. He knows. All right. He knows this, how it's done. Okay. So this is this is another side. Speaking of the Bengals, so I recently saw online this thing about chili. And, and is oh, it yeah. just Cincinnati or is it in Ohio? Have you guys seen this? What, Skyline? 
Yeah. So so apparently it's I, I mean I guess it's it's beans and something and they put it like on top of spaghetti noodles. Yeah. Are you guys? Wait, I swear you, this is chili. true. This is true. We've gone not, off the I'm rails. Not, I'm not making I'm not making this up. I saw this and immediately I, I tweet at Ashbrook. I'm like, you eat this stuff? Like I thought this is some like crazy urban legend. And what did I reply like, within three, minutes? He's like, I love it. I'll eat, I'll eat pounds of it. <laughs> it's like, what? It is so good. And and some people who aren't from Cincinnati, it's it's there's a love-hate relationship I with I feel like it's anti a, anti-Italian rhetoric. I feel like it it's, <laughs> I feel like I feel like that fits very well with what you guys I mean, this is like well, that, a, this is like a case here. study and someone's been doing psychedelics. It's like act, chili but on spaghetti. Believe it, it, makes believe it zero or not, sense. believe it or not, and I'm going to steal this from Michael. I can oh. see him. He's about to say it. This yeah. is not a Oh, he stole it. It's not Hungarian. It no Greek. I thought it was Hungarian. In, in Cincinnati, there's a Greek influence. Oh, okay. That that uh, that's pushed Cincinnati chili. Wait, so so the chili is not American? N- no. Well, they <laughs> there's nothing more American than putting chili on yeah. on spaghetti and then cheese on it, top. Exactly. Nothing more American than You're that. You're claiming it's a, Greek. There's a Greek influence. See, that's the thing. Is like oh. I, I consider Greeks basically Italians, right? But you can tell the like Italian <laughs> oh, influence of this as, as they're the like most racist. Uh, as, no, I mean uh, it, every Italian idea is like, what if with noodles and cheese? So I know some Italians <laughs> found their way into Ohio. I mean, I do, racist. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I feel like there's just no question. It is. <laughs> Unbelievable! We've classified the entire like southern mo- Mediterranean. Well, listen, listen. It is like it, we got La Cosa Nostra in Ohio, and all of a sudden you got chili on spaghetti. Cosa Nostra. Racist. There's just no question. That smug, you're gonna get us killed. That's terrible. It's very serious. Oh, how Nostra. does it happen? It's just a strange thing. I've never seen anything like that. I'm telling life. you, it is so good. It is so delicious, and it's a big deal in Cincinnati. I got to back them up here. It's actually really is good. Is it? It's just it's just a wild idea. Yeah, you see, so you do the chili five way, or is it the chili max supreme, where it's where it's it's the noodles, and you know they they put the. So the chili- meat on top, and then and then they put the cheese and the onions and everything. So chili mac is yeah. a way that people who aren't from Cincinnati often describe it when they're putting it on their menu. Oh, okay. Well, wow. I try to back so, you up, and then he that's just I, I shuts me down. A, a, a five way well, is you, chili, spaghetti, oh, right. cheese, beans, and onions. What I'm thinking five, five way was very different from where I came from. <laughs> this, this is a family program, folks. <laughs> I was thinking I was thinking steak and shake. That's what I was thinking. That's also oh, yeah. very different where I came from. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Let's read the second one. Okay. Uh, Smug, do you want uh, this one? Absolutely. This is from Love to Do Laundry. It says, election debrief. Uh, thanks for the insight into the election results. I was feeling a bit frustrated over the outcome, but your perspective has given me a sense of hope. Looking forward to your future analysis. Thank you so I much. I like that. I like yeah, that. And nice. look, he- here's the thing about the election debrief, right? We're giving you our analysis for people who are in the game. Yep. And we're doing this and we're looking at reams of numbers and 18-hour days and we're doing this as hard as we possibly can. We've had a lot of success over the years. It's not just an ideological spitball, mm-hmm. right? And there's an awful lot of people, I'm sure, that listen to this that want us to tell you something different, yep. right? Yep. They, they, want, they want to hear what they want to hear. But that's not why you listen to Ruthless. You want to listen. If you want to listen to what you want to hear, you can go listen to Steve Bannon and everything else, right? Because they'll tell you everything that you want all the time. And I'm also open to the idea that I might be wrong. 
it's possible. That is. You know, I mean, like some, I mean, what we, what we said in our election debrief, we said with the information we had at the time, maybe it'll change. And I'm sure we'll talk to people over the next three, six months, a year who might change our opinion on some of this stuff, but that's part of doing a well, show. For, for example, what I led the show with, which was what I found out in the last few days since we did our election debrief, that there was a lower turnout in rural America than I anticipated. Well, also, they, right? They I mean, that's a, a new piece I, of information. I think, I think right. that's one of the things that makes this show special is because people learn things as we learn them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the other thing I want to add is there's a reason why uh, this isn't a show that says, oh, this is a conservative commentators. Everyone here has actually worked on races, mm-hmm. seen what it's like, knows what it's like, and is looking for the data because everyone here is focused on one thing, and that's winning. Yeah. Yeah, it's That's not it's not some want. emotional reaction that we're like, oh, this is it, and then we just like rush yeah. to a conclusion. I mean, we're going to give you exactly what it is that we see in the numbers and and our experience in the field. And that's it. And as we get more, we'll do it. Everyone here is focused only on how do we get Republicans to win more seats when the White House uh, have conservative control of this country. Uh, we've a lot of folks here have already been intimately involved in making sure that the Supreme Court is the way that it is currently, yeah. which is a huge win for us. And, uh, Turns you out. know, if you, it, it, I, I think a, a problem has been that there's a lot of folks who are just like a you know conservative commentator who don't have skin in the game, who don't care if there's a, a, a win or a loss at the end of the night because either way they'll still have their same talkers. Um, and that's why I love that we give access to everyone for this actual information of what's moving the ball. And we can also talk about, you know, bears who run crime families. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And fighting animals. Uh, exactly right. You want this last one, Dunks? Sure. This one's from Blue Shirt 10, laughing through the heartbreak. Boys love the show. The humor and animal fighting news can get me through almost anything. I'm despondent mm. about what has happened to our country to as a country and as a party last week. Where do we go from here with so many lost, I think it means opportunity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, lost opportunities uh, in both the House and the Senate. Yeah. No, I mean, look, that's what we're covering, and that's what we're going to do for the next many months. And again, uh, even last night, I spent a good bit of time learning as much as possible about uh, the redistricting trust, Mm. where we we saw previous data which said that in in a cycle previous to uh, redistricting lines, redrawing congressional districts as they were. Republicans on the previous lines would have picked up 20 seats. So the red wave mm. would have occurred if we had a redistricting trust that did their job. So, yeah, I, yeah. I, I want to I not go too deep into that today because I've gotten several notes from people that want to provide more information and yep. I haven't gotten through it yet. We're going to so bring I, experts I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to cast aspersions or anything else. I just want to hear from the people who have done it and then we'll provide that to you. But that is a very, very important point, Smug. Mm-hmm. Let's just get right into our political roundup. Let's do it. Look, the the biggest news out of this week were twofold. Mm-hmm. One was the Trump announcement that he's running for re-election. Huge. And then huge. It, huge. And then two was the leadership elections. Yeah. In the House and the Senate. And there was a bunch of media coverage about how like Oh, Republicans divided. Recriminations on the hill. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. All the bullshit they live for. Yeah, right. I mean, so, like, you never notice any sort of interest in the Republican Party whatsoever from the media unless it's fighting itself. Mm-hmm. Right? So if there's ever any, despite, like, the fact that outcomes are never in doubt when it comes to these kind of things, the mere idea 
that Republicans could be fighting each other is just total fodder. Mm-hmm. Oh, they right? love it. The, the media loves nothing more. And I remember very, very clearly we came up in the we came up in Congress in, yeah. in comms, and a very good friend of ours. I won't say his name, and I won't say the name of the member he worked for. Very good friend of ours used to tell his boss on a routine basis, "Sir, you want to be on the front page of the New York Times tomorrow?" He'd be like, "Okay, what do you what do you got? Come out against the Iraq War." Yeah, right, right. <laughs> and it was and it, it's true. It's true. All you have to do is make a high profile statement against what Republicans and conservatives are trying to do, and it's catnip to the liberal media. That's exactly right. So we start with Kevin McCarthy, who was supposed to be this embattled. Uh, leader who is really trying desperately to knit together this diverse Republican Party and try to make sure that he could become Speaker of the House. Well, that that was like an overwhelming vote, right? I mean, he of course he's going to be the next Speaker of the House. There are a few members of the conservative side of the party. I wouldn't even say it's necessarily the conservative side. It's more like a contrarian side. Mm -hmm. Because I don't don't think it's any more conservative than Kevin McCarthy is. But but they're contrarians by nature. And so they they basically want some concessions, Mm -hmm. right? So they're going to withhold their vote until... Because the way that the, the vote in the House works for Speaker, which is very different than the Senate, is that the entire House must vote on the next speaker. And if you have a narrow majority, it means that you have to have a unified control of your party in order to elect the speaker. If in a worst case circumstance, you had a segment of your party that sort of like somehow worked with Democrats, you could get a Democratic speaker. That's the way it works, right? So, but since the history of time, that's never happened because people are smart enough to understand the Republican governance is smarter than Democratic governance. And Democrats have always just sort of stayed, you know, totally unified no matter what, because if they'll vote for John Fetterman, they'll vote for absolutely anything. Oh, man, right. that's, that, right. that's axiomatic. Right? So um, anyway, that was the big discussion. There were a handful of Republicans that voted against uh, McCarthy. Not very many, in my view. Mm-hmm. I think it was actually a pretty small number. Certainly not the same kind of challenges that we saw to like Paul Ryan or at the end uh, of his speakership, Boehner. Mm-hmm. Right? That conference is pretty well unified at this point. And even you had like Marjorie Taylor Greene right. and and you know Jim Jordan, who's been a big supporter of McCarthy sort of garnering people in and be like, no, look, we need a team. Right, when, when MTG is saying, hey, it's not time to fuck around. Yeah. Like, we need to be united as a as a Republican majority in the House. I think everyone needs to take a good, hard look at what they're doing to unify well, I think the Republican I, uh, leadership in I the House. I think uh, MTG has her eyes on the prize. She's focused right. on getting results. For, for a long time, I've been a fan of her work. In terms of just being an You strike me as somebody who'd be a big MTG guy. 100%. 100%. Huge MTG guy. Um, I think the fact that what Pelosi did of basically deciding she wants to strip members of Congress of their committee assignments uh, should be the type of revenge we're focused on letting the Democrats suffer through. You like revenge. So if I'm a huge revenge fan. So if I'm KMAC, I would try to make sure that Marjorie gets on every committee 
that would make Pelosi as mad as possible. That, that, that'd be one of my focuses. Her special climate committee. Every oh yeah, please. I, I think that'd be great. She should, should chair that. She should chair, chair the climate. Can she you imagine their heads MTG would explode? The climate committee. Hundred percent. What about the J six committee? I think she should probably get absolutely. In of that I, I think too. so. Can we get her a gavel for that? That would be the best. That would be absolutely the best. But anyway, the the point is, is that McCarthy is in a strong position, not just for speakership. But in terms of setting the agenda going forward, I have absolutely no concern about House Republicans unifying there into through the first quarter and making sure that we are starting the important work of oversight that we've talked about in this program. Yep. yep. Right? We've talked about it for two years. How come nobody's ever asking questions about what we did in Afghanistan? Nobody's it's, it's, a, nobody's a, ever asking questions about the spending, how it leads to inflation, all that Hunter shit. Biden, it's, it's very, 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 stuff. very simple because Democrats are in charge of the administration and the media does not hold Democrats accountable. Yeah. The voters are the only way to hold Democrats accountable, and that's what they did last Tuesday, and that's what oversight is going to provide for them in return. Yeah, yeah. So that's an important point. The second one, the Senate. Now, this, again, was not ever in doubt. You heard our program Tuesday about Rick Scott and his challenge to Mitch McConnell. Now, granted, all of you listening to this know that I'm very biased mm-hmm. on all of this. I have seen it up front. I've been a chief of staff in that operation. I know how it operates. I know the decision-making that goes into every single aspect of what it is that they do, right? And then I watched Rick Scott run a senatorial committee that was entirely related to trying to boost his profile, reduce his risk amongst alienating voters in in lieu of trying to give Republicans their best prospect for victory. And the irony of that is, and I think it's important he skates by on this bullshit, is how many ads do we see of Democrats attacking Republicans being like they support a platform of taking away Social Security from seniors because Rick Scott put out this plan being like, hey, every five years we should think about taking uh, Social Security away. Yeah, how, how did that help Blake and Masters in Arizona? That did not help, dude. Well, and, Especially and, in and Arizona, that right. did not help. But what, what he did instead of doing the campaign work is he ran a PR campaign to try to undermine McConnell, right? So, like, for example... In Arizona, where the NRSC pulled out, they pulled their money out of of Arizona, and McConnell ended up spending I don't know seven plus what is it? No, seven? Thir- thirteen. And thirteen a half. Is, is yeah, I've heard fourteen million. Like a lot, like a lot of the numbers have been thrown around are absolute bullshit. So all of you have been told that somehow Mitch McConnell is the one who pulled out of Arizona and didn't give Blake Masters a chance. How much did Blake raise? Nine. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, so, little, so, little so, more. so one more. nation little spent more. fourteen, right? They spent more than more than Blake raised. One nation spent there. How much did the NRC spend? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there they we go. Coordinated spending and maybe you know maybe some they sent ads. an email taking ninety percent of the money. And, but, and 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 Mark Kelly raised ninety million dollars. And if that's if, the thing, and, and if you are running through a super PAC and you don't get candidate rates on television, and it's four five to one in cost, what are you going to do? You're going to take half of SLF's budget, you're going to take away from North Carolina and Pennsylvania and Ohio and Nevada and Georgia, you're going to cut. I mean, that's half the budget. You would take it would have to take half of the of the SLF budget just to get to equaling him 
on air. That's the thing. And then and then it's actually only a fifth because you're not getting the candidate right. Like not, like I, like it's the fucking underpants gnomes. The argument that Mitch McConnell's responsible for Blake Masters not having the money. It makes no fucking sense. I, I, and these people know how to do math, but they just shorthand this and saying Mitch McConnell gave up on Blake Masters. Well, I got to tell you, for two years we made the argument. I, any person I was you know who 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 was willing to listen to me, I said it's a late fucking primary. Whoever comes out of that's going to be broke, and Mark Kelly's going to have ninety million dollars. What's your answer to that? Right. What's your answer because right. you don't have a good answer and a, a super PAC cannot solve that problem it doesn't it's not a problem that can be solved by somebody who has to pay five times as much for ads it makes no fucking sense and I'm so tired of the people on Twitter being like oh he gave up on Blake Masters and it's like you fucking do math do math they it makes no sense that's the thing it's like and again this is another difference that we have is we have people who actually understand the game. So we're this is not like conservative commentators because no conservative commentator understands that ad rates for a campaign is very different from a super PAC where a campaign is paying the most favorable rate to get your ad on TV and super PACs are paying five, five times, ten, six times. And when you're at election day, 10 times as much. So you're getting a 10th as much for your money. And and you will never see a commentator say that, well, let alone be, not mentioning about the one nation spend. But there's always, I mean, look, the, the problem that we've said about the mainstream media for a long time, the corporate media, is that they play into their own echo chamber. Yep. They like to get pats on the back. They like to see the RTs. They like to see the, yeah, boy, let's let's go type, type stuff. The same is true of conservative media, by mm-hmm. the way. If you built that and your narrative is somehow that this is happening, you stop looking at facts. I would just like some person who goes on television to talk about how Mitch McConnell you know, stab Blake Masters in the back to take a piece of paper and grab a a crayon because they probably use crayons and draw me the math of how you could fund Blake Masters campaign against Mark Kelly in Arizona and also fund J.D. Vance and also fund Dr. Oz and fund Ted Budd because that math doesn't fucking work. And it doesn't matter that he spent a couple million in Alaska. Like, the math still doesn't work. It still doesn't work. It doesn't make any sense. No, it, does, it doesn't make any sense. But, but the, other, the other piece of this is New Hampshire, right? We're talking about the New Hampshire Senate race, which we covered a little bit on Tuesday, where all these polls showed it as a one-point race, right? And then all of a sudden, it was like, Oh my God! What a mystery! Why it is that SLF and McConnell pulled out of there, and then you see the the Rick Scott led NRSC, which had pulled nine million dollars of reservations out of New Hampshire three weeks prior to SLF uh, leaving New Hampshire, jump back in with five hundred thousand dollars and say, "I don't know. I don't understand why they're leaving this place." And, and and not just that, also like that's been the whole, you know, palace intrigue this week with Georgia too, right? Like that they went up with six hundred K or something in the Atlanta DMA and then, you know, crying about SLF not booking their reservations yet. And then SLF dumps in fourteen million dollars. Right. Fourteen million dollars. Oh, and on top of that, two million dollars to make sure the entire Kemp operation one of the most successful political operations in the entire country that won a huge, huge victory for Republicans in the state of Georgia. Despite Donald Trump dumping all over this guy, his team got us a huge fucking W. Okay, two million to them too. 
And now they're still going to complain about Mitch McConnell's leadership. And they're like, oh, no, let's delay the vote for leader. And let's ask him for a couple more million, maybe 10 million, 15 million more for Georgia. <laughs> you know, in the meantime, he has to sweat it out Michael. whether whether he's the leader anymore. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm just so fucking sick of it. I, I, I just I am so fucking sick of these people. Like, you're going to miss him when he's gone. I'm just telling you. Well, you, there's no way to replace what it is. That it, it, and here's the thing, because he doesn't go around looking for credit, right? Which is the difference between this senatorial committee, which, to remind listeners, is the committee that's responsible for running the campaigns and and the committee uh, to elect senators, and everyone previous, is that they decided instead of working as a team, they would try to draw a contrast. So every decision that was made by the McConnell group that they would undermine it and try to put in like a nominal amount of money and say why aren't you doing this which is which is just like the new hampshire thing right you know, you yeah, know, like you, it's it's just a pr play it's nothing about winning which none of these people are ever about winning it's about making making some gesture and then crying about it yeah. And that is the thing that upsets me the fucking most about this conservative movement sometimes is there's people like that always around the edges who are just trying to cause trouble rather than putting actual fucking points on the board. What kills me is that they, they sell people like you that are listening to this this program. They sell you a bill of goods, right? Because the only thing you hear is then in Fox Prime Time, all of this shit's repeated. Right, about it, the it, people who are disappointing you and how you're supposed to be mad at them. You're supposed yeah. to be so mad and, and you'd, you'd all be in the majority if it wasn't for the leadership of the Republican Party, yada, yada, yada. yada and and yada. Here, here's one thing I want to add. So like a lot of our listeners are folks who are in, in involved in campaigns and getting the work done of electing conservatives. And I, you know, someone who has a background in you know if i can brag on myself i you know, i'd love for my, that yeah in, i'd in, love in, to hear in that in a previous life i was an absolute master at the ground game right that was my specialty republicans need you now more than ever well, smug. Uh, well i'm an old man now but like back in my prime you know i uh especially in manhattan i was the holy terror of ground games if there was a republican primary i will outwork you like i've ruined uh, in our live show folks go back and see that i've ruined a Many a pair of fine loafers. Which I, I, we, I we said Ferragamos, right? That's yeah, right. I think you did. Yeah. <laughs> Good loafers that didn't deserve to, to put in the work. But I door knocked and I got the work done, you know, walking up and down the island of Manhattan. But ground is, is the, the amount of work that's accomplished by the ground game. By folks, if you work in field and you're listening to the show, shout out to you because we're the folks who, who get it done. And so for SLF to go in and put in the investment of getting Kemp's field team because these are folks who i mean these are grinders they his field team are a bunch of monsters out there in georgia they get it done on the ground what was what was the point differential in that primary how much did kemp win by i think he 50? won by like 50 points 50 yeah. points do you know how insane the work on the ground is to pull 50 points there are there are d plus 40 places in manhattan that they can't put up those kind of numbers I mean, the ground game, and that's an urban environment where all you have to go is get a, a door captain to let you into a building so you can door knock on 100 buildings in 10 minutes. Well, Kemp got it done in Georgia by 50 points. An, that field an, team is nuts. I think that's why Mitch McConnell called Brian Kemp and said, hey, how do we get your uh, your ground team engaged for this I would I, I would love to get out to Georgia before uh, oh, uh, that runoff. Idea. 
and I, I want to say hi to those field folks because those are those are some monsters. Yeah, it's great. It's a great idea. And, we and, should talk to them. And about one that. more one more thing while we're talking Georgia, real quick. I think the most important thing for our listeners, if they can't knock doors in Georgia or whatever, is to go to teamherschel.com. Mm-hmm. That's team H E R S C H E L dot com. Donate. Donate directly, directly to his campaign. Well, and, and, and the reason why that's super important is because you're getting a bunch of emails in your inbox, mm-hmm. and they're saying, support Herschel, we need to win. And you're like, yes, I want to do that. And then you click on it and you donate. What you may not have read is the fine print underneath from the current NRSC. This is Rick yeah, Scott. That's, that's, which is What a con. Which is This, this is, is insane. This 99% up, of the proceeds. Not, he's, you're not exaggerating, by the way. No. It's not 99%. As, as a, that's not a rhetorical device. No, it I'm, is literally. If you give five dollars, five, five cents goes to Herschel and the rest goes to Rick Scott. It, 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 yeah, it's, it says that in if you click on it, it says ninety nine percent of the proceeds go to Rick Scott's NRSC. One percent goes to Herschel. So I got to tell you, like. This is the kind of shit we need to eliminate from the Republican yeah. Party. So, like, go to teamherschel.com, and if you're going to give 10 bucks, you know 10 bucks is going to Herschel to get the job done and mm-hmm. not just 10 cents like Rick And they had a story, by the way, that was out two days before that email went out saying 99 to 1 that, that said, please, there were, it was basically a plea to all Republicans at any point, if you have an email list, do not take advantage of us. Do not... Do the ninety-nine to one, ninety to one. This is what the Herschel set. Walker campaign. This is what they're. Yeah. Please, we know that we're the only game in town right now. That every other election because it's is the settled. only race. Yeah. So please do not do that to us because we really do need the money. They had that. It was an article. You remember this? I mean, I don't know if it was yeah. NBC or what it was. It was basically like, please don't do this. And the next day, the committee that's responsible for electing him does it even worse. Yeah. There's just there's a lot of weird stuff going on over there. Like I mean, there, there's going to be a lot of stories. Uh, Politico reported yesterday that during a tense three-hour meeting at the G- Senate GOP conference, uh, Marsha Blackburn and Tom Tillis asked for an independent review of the party's campaign arm and its resources uh, for essentially an audit. Yeah. Right. Which, in my view, is the best thing that could happen to the party right now. Because how are you going to go back to a donor and say, hey, I'm sorry 2022 didn't work out. Let's get on board for the big win in 2024 without going back and being like, look, this is what we did. The right. audit's going to be wild. It's be like Rick Scott's like, well, I had to go to Iowa, New Hampshire, and South Carolina. We had very competitive races. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, like, look, people are, are coming together. You mentioned SLF efforts. There was the NRSC put some money into, into Georgia. RNC is apparently deploying hundreds of staff to Georgia. Let's go. That's good news. So, look, there's a I'm lot. Gonna, you know, I'm going to get out there. I'm going to get out there. You know, Kemp's field team, look forward to it. I'll find something more comfortable than my pair of loafers. I'll knock on some doors. Yeah. Because that's a team I want to see in action. I appreciate a well-oiled machine on the field. Look, when Smug makes a promise like that, yeah. he delivers. I'm going to get out there. I'm going to get out there. <laughs> he, delivers. he delivers. Every time. He delivers. All right, so, um, guys, I hate to tell you this. I hate to tell you this. Mm. My faith has been shaken in penis. Oh, no. It has been. Oh. And this is, what, 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 what's the acronym? The the. People. Big penis? No, it's oh, the, what's the what's the actual name of yeah. it? It's the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. There we, we go. We've mentioned them 
a lot of times. Well, they've been a feature of the program. Of the program. Yeah, no no question. But we've we've cited their scientific studies in a number of occasions. And the acronym just happens to be PNAS. I mean, P-N-A-S, which our producer uh, McDaniel... He doesn't like to reference because no, he knows. He loves to because he knows it grinds my gears. So I say this is a family <laughs> program, and he always throws in like the link is according to pnas.org. Everyone here has a great time, and I'm like, what about the folks driving around with their kids? I know. <laughs> well, PNAS, PNAS was wrong. Uh, let me just tell you. And PNAS is not always wrong, but PNAS is wrong here. But this is an important. The, the reason why we're bringing this up, it's important crossover content. This it isn't is. just scientific content it's also campaign content it is mm-hmm. so they found in a study from 2020 that universal vote by mail had no <laughs> impact on partisan turnout or vote share yep penas said this it isn't just scientific content <laughs> no it's not it's elections content. <laughs> it is he's right but listen this is a lion penis <laughs> and, and, and here's the thing is is i think the importance of this is again reiterating that you know, you have election cycles where Republicans don't do as well as they would have hoped for. Is One of the worst ones I remember is 2012 because, uh, yes, Obama gets reelected, but then you have to suffer through a year of all these, like, journal stories about how, like, oh, wow, Obama's team were a bunch of rocket scientists. They figured out big data. You know, oh, yeah. they they implemented this 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 uh, they collected all this information and they're absolute geniuses. They're like nuclear reactors in their heads, and so we had to suffer through that while all of them got their like corporate contracts uh, with Amazon and whatnot to do that shit. But I think the lesson from this election cycle is going to be yes, we took the House, but the Democrats have a huge advantage when it comes to the new rules of voting in so many of these states that are universal mail in ballots or. You can vote for like a month where they have early voting. And culturally, for too long, Republicans have been told, oh, your vote won't count unless it's done on Election Day. We have to fight by the rules of engagement. We cannot unilaterally disarm and be like, we're only going to focus on telling our folks to vote on Election Day. Meanwhile, Democrats can go to people who are not prime voters who in 99 percent, you know, there's a 99 percent chance this person would not vote, but they send somebody to their door to be like, if you fill out this ballot, I will take it down to the Board of Elections for you. We need to play by those rules of engagement. Yeah, well, so look, PNAS is not always right. Yeah, I think they've given mm-hmm. us the shaft here. But here's where PNAS is wrong, right? I think, so, their, so, stu- I think their study's impotent. So you- <laughs> I think it's a bit of a soft study. I that's right. I, th- I think I why well, I think penis is best in the soft sciences. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, look in terms of hard. Data, oh my god! <laughs> you guys stop. In terms, in terms of hard data here, it what their what their claim is is that mail doesn't advantage one party or another. No, no, now, that's what now, it says. Now, now that may or may not be true. When you couple it with uh, the whole vote hauling yeah, situation. The, the, the harvesting, yeah. Yeah, the full vote harvesting, then you get a different situation because if mm-hmm. you've got a ballot in the mail and it's sitting at your house and there is a entire campaign filled with hundreds of millions of dollars that are not on the books of the Democratic Party, they are all either nonprofits or unions or what have you, you not only get 
sort of the organization that the campaign is under campaign finance rules mm-hmm. attempting to to gather votes mm-hmm. you're getting hundreds of millions of dollars outside of that that are then not on the books that are going door to door typically in urban areas or suburban areas and gathering votes from their members and then dumping it as we saw in Nevada. Well, so I have a thought. Right? I have a thought on this though. Is so I I know that harvesting will never benefit us just just because of population density, right? Yeah, right. But what if our move was to treat drop boxes like we treat redistricting and that is or, or or polling locations right like to say like you know polling locations need to be you know dispersed in a way where voters are not disenfranchised by distance from the polling location and we do that with drop boxes like put a drop box at, at every the, price at the, chopper at, at every watering hole every every food lion in every like hardcore republican district oh, in this country a, that's like a all, idea. all over the place it's not their fault they're spread out well, which that's is a great idea. I mean, but, like but, but, like, but look, like I said on the previous episode, the California Republican Party put these uh, drop boxes outside yeah. of churches. Right. And they saw Republican votes go up, up, up. That is such like, a great like, idea. Like, let's do that. I think that's right. I think that's right. That's a re- very good analysis. But it's of, still... Because it's, it's about helping people vote, right? Right. It's about and, helping them exercise their... And their, I thought they cared about... I thought, right. I thought they cared about souls to the polls. You that's, know? that's how you overcome the penis. You know, they care about... <laughs> They care about souls to the polls. Well, let's let's put drop boxes outside of every mega church. Let's do that. And yeah. I mean, let's fund it. How about that? Either that or you get peed ass to the face. All right, moving oh on. God. We have uh, another piece, Fetterman. Did you guys, I don't know uh, if you guys noticed this. This one kills me the most. Fetterman shows up in the Senate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's it tough. Yeah. Tough to see those photos. Right. And so he's walking in with his wife or whatever, and you got reporters all around him. And they're asking him questions or whatever, as you typically do with a senator, right? You're they're they're coming in, you're asking him questions. Wasn't she an illegal alien, dude? What I, I don't the know. hell? I heard she was an illegal alien. Really? Dude, yeah, I'm dead serious. This I, is I, incredible. Dude, I'm dead serious. I, I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna look it up. But we can continue, but I I guarantee. You guarantee I guarantee I'll put money on this. Smug, this is incredible. It's it's not even an allegation. Yep. Okay. Look. There we go, Bloomberg. Giselle Fetterman takes her history as undocumented immigrant. Okay, all right. Folks, we're going to have a senator you, who's you have an a, undocumented immigrant. Do you have a source for that? That's from Bloomberg.com. Bloomberg? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Hardly a right-leaning organization. Dude, this is wild, dude. This okay. is wild. All right, well, so look, what's happened here is that you've got a senator who can't... My point was he. the press is asking him questions he can't answer. Can't Obviously, answer. we know that yeah. from the debate. I'm sharing this with the table. It's, it's stunning, dude. Everybody, please look, look. Giselle Fetterman spotlights her history as undocumented immigrant. Yeah, there it is. There it is. So anyway, she's basically the senator. And now she's the senator. That's the thing. She's the senator. Yeah, I saw those photos that she was posting on the internet of where she's sort of cropping him out a little bit. Yeah, right. He's on the edge. He's on the edge. She's like the focal point of the photo. Yep. Yikes. Yikes is Not good. Not Not good, good. folks. Not good. And I think it was it was Jesse the other night on Fox who had the point of like, okay, is is she not going to go for a security clearance? Because like her family's got ties to overseas intelligence agencies. Oh what? You don't know about this? No. No. Bro. Bro, I'm gonna pull this up too. I love (laughs) that you're just airing it out. Where is this all been? Yeah. We feel like you left you left a couple a couple in the chamber. McCormick would have won, bro. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, you wait. You held it. You held I it. I can't believe you're disrespecting Oz like that. You held McCormick it because you won. didn't like Oz. McCorm- oh, no, I liked him. He was a nice guy in person, but McCormick. I think McCormick might have won. Wow. Jeez. Wow. Sad. I feel like you betrayed us. I, I no. I don't feel great about this. <laughs> I love Oz. I think Oz was one of the best candidates we've had in a long time. He I really, really do. He really is a good candidate. Um. All right, so while you're looking up whatever nastiness that you've got, it's oh, true. You, it's you found the, it. It is right there, Daily Mail. The most trustworthy news source. The headline says, exclusive, how the beloved uncle of John Fetterman's wife, Giselle, was a Brazilian spy whose illegal wiretaps triggered a political scandal. What? And ministerial reg- resignations. And now these people are, are in, in, the, in the capital. Congratulations, Chester County. Congratulations, <laughs> yeah. Bucks County. Congratulations, again, it's Delaware because, County. Again, it's because Democrats don't care about votes; they care about ballots. Look, what they're not done. trying to convince half. Half they collected half the ballots before anyone saw the debate. Look what you've. It's done. It's time to start collecting ballots, folks. Look what you've done. All right, so I want a little uh, Sam Bankman-Fried update yeah, yeah, here. Yeah, I will. Let me let me just say it at the outset: there was some Twitter traffic that crossed my line. This week, where it was like some dude was like, "Oh, McConnell's in on the on the whole uh, FTX thing," and he, what? He sh- well, yeah, he showed like a uh, a receipt at the Senate Leadership Fund of a contribution from an employee that worked at FTX, and it, he was saying it, it, you misread it, right? I mean, I don't expect well, everybody he- to be an, an expert on. FEC forms, but what he was looking at, it looked like he thought that this was SLF basically using the platform of FTX to to do whatever they're doing. What it was is there was an employee who made a contribution to a Republican effort. Like, granted, there was thousands of people that worked there, right? This is a a very important distinction because here's the difference is um, so you can have an employee who from their income right like from their paycheck if they use their paycheck to buy groceries or give to uh you know a candidate or campaign that's different than sam bankman free directly took client money and wired it yeah (laughs) so that's the difference is like if an employee gets their paycheck as opposed to sam bankman free goes into people's accounts and sends their money to the dnc which is basically what happened i I mean like it's a huge difference but like when 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 folks who don't know about this kind of stuff are like Wait, I, I saw the word FTX. Smug, you were describing for me the other day what he was actually doing through this like backdoor mechanism. Yeah, I mean, inside it's the, and the, what So if if you're somebody who invested in FTX yeah. and your money was frozen, what were you seeing over the weekend? It, so this is what was completely insane. I was up way too late watching this news happen because, I mean, I imagine wherever his, his PJ was, he was still on Eastern Time, uh, uh, SBF, where... You had folks who have their accounts that they could no longer do any kind of a withdrawal from FTX, right? And these are folks who could have like a hundred bucks, thousand bucks, whatever, at FTX, and uh, their accounts were frozen. Um, and there was a app update and a website update. This is this gets so shady and sketchy, where um, you started seeing uh, tweets being like, "Don't let your app update and don't visit FTX's website because a Trojan was there." that allowed access to their accounts. So like anyone what? who accepted the app update and then opened the app, their money evaporated? They were getting cleaned out before no their eyes. Where like you could say, current balance, $1,000, and then they just see 
New current balance, zero dollars. No way. <laughs> I mean, how insane is this? And this is all. This is like a true story. This is like the wildest heist because it's happening in front of people's eyes at like midnight. It's happening in the middle of the night. People have to go to jail for this, right? That's the thing. That's people have to. But here's the problem: is usually folks go to jail, but it's usually not folks who give Nancy Pelosi forty million dollars. Oh Jesus! <laughs> I mean, God, I hope that's not. We're the like, case. you'll hear that, like authorities are looking into it where it's like okay that's very different than like okay someone someone if 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 this is an individual who's just out robbing and 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 pelosi's not involved and the dnc didn't get a max contribution this guy wired so much money to the dnc that just sends them back because like whoa, whoa that's over the limit we're like this is somebody who's like oh dems want money okay and just like says wire them a million bucks dude and they're like that's way over the limit <laughs> isn't tom brady and giselle in the middle of this they too? are they are too because apparently they were also inv- like the number of people who are involved so i am far less sympathetic to like okay tom brady giselle larry david got money on this and what's his name on on uh, golden state warriors steph steph curry like okay they can all go broke honestly i don't give a damn what sucks, I think really sucks, is there are hundreds of thousands, if not like a million plus, you know, normal everyday investors who got cleaned out, Oof. who had their accounts that may have had 50 bucks, 100 bucks, 1,000 bucks, you and, know, whatever. And there's, there's nothing they, they can cleaned. do to get their money back? No, no, because because this guy gave a lot of money to Democrats. They're, like, here's the thing is, imagine if this was a situation where it was like, okay, uh, uh, the number two donor to Donald Trump went on a PJ and cleaned out a bunch of people's accounts. Uh, it'd be it'd be wall to wall. New York Times, Washington Post, front to back. The sports section would cover it. Yeah, like the military would be out sending jets after this guy. Unbelievable. But, but th- that's the, that's the situation. That's the situation. Is you have this individual who very clearly uh, took client funds and gave them to Democrats, um, and is now on the lamb and is tweeting from on the lamb. We're like, there's a really? number of times where we should stop tweeting, but I think 100% when, like, federal investigators are like, well, shit, we're looking into this, and this guy keeps tweeting about, like, uh, I, I want to see, like, if I can fix, you know, whatever has happened. And the, the Wall Street Journal had this article about how, like, we can confirm as, as recently as this weekend, this guy's been trying to bring in investors to be like, hey, can you give me some money to, like, no way. take care of this? Imagine getting that phone call. Yeah, you're like, you're like no, well, brother. No. <laughs> That's not, that doesn't seem, that doesn't seem great. I mean, like, so, so I had a hilarious conversation last week. So, uh, uh, when, when shit was going down, um, of, so, so Sam Bankman Friedman is one of the largest Democrat donors of all time, let alone just of this cycle. And when, when word reached, uh, uh, Chuck Schumer's operation that, okay, we're going to have a runoff in Georgia. And Sam Bankman-Fried was a major donor to Schumer Super PAC. That that Tuesday, when his company is collapsing, okay, everyone in politics is just focused on the election. I imagine Wednesday, one of Schumer's Super PAC folks must have given a call to him, Sam Bankman-Fried, not not knowing like what has happened because yeah. they've just been watching you know elections, being like, hey. You think you could help us out? And he, <laughs> and he might reply like, "Honestly, I had the same question for you. <laughs> I think I need some help, buddy." Unbelievable. Well, let's transition. Do you guys want some animal news? Of course, always. So the one thing that's captivated our listeners, and believe me, we've taken it huge notice, is that Hank might have been dis- displaced. Hank the tank, the, he, the the bear. He has some competition. Hank the tank, as you recall, was the like thousand plus pound bear that ran a ring 
of break-ins in the northwestern part of the United States. And through like Lake Tahoe, he's even been suspected of, of yeah. breaking yeah. in that area. Yeah, like a, like a thousand mile area he just took care of. Just feasting like a king. He likes scenic areas. Yeah. Like that's his thing. Right. <laughs> but as you've come to learn uh, through Godfather and other things, yeah, sometimes there's every five to ten years. It's the bad blood. You gotta, you know, you gotta get rid of it. Somebody else comes in, right? And now we've got a bear named The Boss. Which is... An incredible name to begin with. The boss dominates Banff Park, mm-hmm. Banff National Park. Uh, he wants. This is according uh, to this. This what is CBC? This? this is like a Canadian news service. Yeah, yeah. He once survived getting hit by a train. <laughs> oh my god! He has killed and eaten many black bears. Like that is amazing. He's fathered over seventy percent of the cubs in the region. He's an absolute menace. Think about that. The boss. There's like locking down your turf, and there's like, I will eat the competition. (laughs) And I will father all of their children. 70%. Like, this guy is Conan. Like, he's like Conan the Barbarian of like, he wants to hear the lamentations of the women bears of his opponents. The boss is regarded as being the most dominant grizzly bear found in Bath National Park, weighing in at somewhere between 650 and 700 pounds. The bear's resume of dominance is legendary. I mean, I would kill for that headline. He is considered to have uh, a home that ranges more than 2,500 square kilometers. Uh, He's eaten black bears even once brushed off by being struck by a train. This guy might be the new deal. I mean, this... So, he's been hit by a train. It says here, he's been struck by a train, shook it off. And he still uses railways for travel and force. <laughs> he's like, he's it's like, he's like, force. He's like, I don't get hit by trains. Trains get hit by me. Yeah. <laughs> That's I mean, incredible. He's, he's literally like the bear Genghis Khan, where yeah. it's like seventy percent of the children have my DNA. Well, dude, they have actually studies. So, um, according to to CBC. They found out that we have DNA results to show that the boss has sired a majority of cubs in Bow Valley Banff population. So this dude, I mean... He's thinking more long-term than the <laughs> This is all about the long game. He's playing the long game. This is the man. This bullet is so well. It says, the boss is estimated to be over 20 years old based on a dental examination <laughs> from when he was last handled in 2013. He's been untamed, can't be stopped for the past 10 years. They can't He's get been him. out there. Can't get him. Just putting in work. Just 70% a menace. of kids are his. Just a menace. <laughs> Most female bears go into hibernation between October and mid-November, uh, while the biggest males continue to forage for food, uh, perhaps even into January. So, so like, look, if it's January... <laughs> this guy never clocks out. Jack, he January never clocks October, out. No, this man, he keeps the dial spinning. The boss... The boss. There's no off season for this the guy. Bo- <laughs> the boss. Wait, so fall ball, no problem. So is he? Is he? Do we think that he is a rival of Hank's? Do we think he's a lieutenant? I mean, I'm concerned about Hank's safety. I, he's absolutely level. not a lieutenant, dude. This guy bows to none. No, he, he doesn't the bow. D- the DNA is like. I mean, that tells a story. I think Hank has been a little too successful with his racket. Yeah, you yep. know, and yep. he's been feasting. Yep. And he's gotten a little overweight. This bear not only dominates uh, his terrain, but he has built and sired 
an entire army to fight on his behalf. <laughs> when the left-wing fake news media puts the line, the Bears' resume of dominance is legendary, like, man. <laughs> you know they're not playing around. <laughs> Amazing. All right, so one more thing I wanted to count, uh, talk about here before we're going to play a game. The D.C. City Council. I don't know if you guys saw this. This went totally unnoticed because they held an election here as they would do everywhere else, but 95% of the voters are Democrats, so it doesn't really matter. Basically an incumbent protection racket. Mm -hmm. But what happened in D.C. was that right after Election Day, the D.C. City Council gave final approval to a massive overhaul, this is according to Fox 5 D.C., uh, of the district's criminal code. Oh, that's interesting, right? You, What does that mean? Here we go. So you're saying they're going to start cracking down. Well, here it is. Uh, it's a 455-page bill, and it reduces maximum sentences mm. in elimination for nearly all minimum sentences mm. and expands the right to jury trials by those accused of misdemeanors and have sparked concerns. Doesn't sound like a crackdown. It's okay. legalizing crime. It's it's legalizing crime. They literally, I'm not I'm not kidding you at all, and I don't even need to read through the rest of this because it's all like PC bullshit. Yep. What the real thing is, is it basically reduced criminal penalties for gun crimes, for violent crimes, for like all of the things that are plaguing the nation's capital. That's what the D.C. City Council did at this point in time when you're at, at like a crime high so is this is this real like this is going into effect now it's, it, so it's all good to go it's just waiting for bowser uh the mayor's signature so bowser said she's not she like doesn't want to sign it but like you never i think she probably will yeah 100 percent. she probably will sign it no she's it, it's gonna be the same thing she'll be like well trump's running so i'm going to sign well this. she'll I mean, name a street she'll name a street and sign yeah it. but yeah. not so fast my friend as uh, Lee Corso is fond of saying, it has to go to Congress for final approval. Mm. Oh, okay. does well, it? That's good. Sad. Does it really? Does Sad. it? Yeah. Well, so 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 she's setting she's setting up House Republican. She's she. Oh, you're right. After you if see, she signs you, it, you then it has to go to Congress. Well, wow. so but but here's here's the point that I was going to make about all this is because many years ago, prior to us making a very very dumb decision in impaneling a D.C. city council in the first place. Yeah. Um, the House of Representatives actually used to just run the government. Do they really? In D.C. Yeah. Yeah, king shit. There should be no government, dude. It should be like the free zone, you know, like fenced in. It's like PVP. Like, okay, survive. <laughs> well, I'm just, like Mad Max. Yeah, if you can survive in D.C., you survive. So it's the Government Oversight <laughs> Committee, I believe, that does it, which now is Jamie Comer, mm -hmm. if I'm not right? mistaken. No, no, the no, same no, guy that you right. mentioned earlier in the program. That's right. Can you imagine... Would you rather visit the nation's capital and see the cherry blossoms, which are the first international act of terror, or anything else? <laughs> if you did that, would you rather have Jamie Comer running the security or these psychopaths? It's yeah, like they ought to restore all federal government oversight over the D.C. Uh, uh, decision making if this is what they come up with. Yeah, it's completely. It should insane. either be federal or none. Federal or none. Federal like, or none. Like, uh, you know, D.C., District of Columbia, it's not part of Virginia, it's not part of Maryland. It should be like, okay, well, it's the free zone. There's no rules. Oh, you got to survive. Uh, um, okay, so let's play a game, guys. Let's play a game. Well, it's Thursday on the Ruthless Variety program. That can mean only one thing. Let's play King of the Hill. Okay. Uh, Holmes, you have our defending champion, correct? I do. Uh, brain, brain worms. She's two-time. 
Two yeah, tie. Jennifer Rubin. Uh, Smug, who are you bringing to the table? Stuart Stevens. Stuart Stevens. All right. Well, let's go ringside. Ladies and gentlemen, your attention, please. It's time for King of the Hill in the red corner fighting out of the struggling Lincoln Project. Steward No Name Stevens! And now, in the blue corner, fighting from the Washington Post and current champion of the world, Jennifer Brain Worms Rubin! I love it. So good. All right, Holmes, you got round one. Okay, um, so this is from Jennifer Rubin, uh, bright and early in the morning at 7.51. She got up and just fired this sucker out. This is three days after Election Day. (laughs) Okay, I'm sold. Liz Cheney for speaking. Oh, my God. (laughs) This is, this is far not here. So for folks who don't know, Stuart Stevens, uh, longtime hack, he was involved with the Romney campaign. Is that the last time he actually was involved with the real campaign? Was it Romney and people were like... Yeah, I think so. Okay. Uh, Stuart Stevens a day ago. Had enough of the lunatic right-wing dominating media and poisoning our culture. Let's join together and start to fight back. There are more of us than there are of them. It's time T-I-N-E. Let's build it together. The belief, number one, okay, how did Mitt Romney lose when his advisor is like, yes, <laughs> culture and media is dominated by the right wing. It's time for an alternative. Oh, Yeah, so, I mean, basically to boil those two things down, it's, it's, it's that premise versus the premise that Liz Cheney is going to emerge from this as speaker. She's going to get 219 votes yeah. to be the next speaker. Okay, I'm sold. I'm sold. Okay, I'm sold. <laughs> I this mean, this is a serious it's... proposition being offered. Right. The... Brainworms wins round one. <laughs> okay. Smug, you have round two. Okay, so this is, again, I have to reiterate, <clears throat> Stuart Stevens is... Uh, a so-called conservative like he's like oh yes this is me being a conservative getting involved with the lincoln project it begins i have never been so glad to pay taxes america and europe must stay behind these brave men and women until the last russian is expelled they're saving the world from a monstrous culture of death (laughs) incredible take wow okay Okay, so Ruben says um, yesterday that uh, I'll take December 1 in the betting pool for the date the R's settle all of their leadership fights. December 1. It's over now. We're, we're recording this. It is that's no, just, just November 16th. That's, it's over. that's just a broken brain. Date. It's over at the first vote. Mundane. The Some, first vote. She woke up early one day and, and, and completely forgot how the system works. Hmm. 
Can you read yours again, Smoke? Absolutely. I have never been so glad to pay taxes. God. I, just to begin with, I mean, like, think about that. This is this is the the person who is responsible for the Romney campaign, who who ostensibly are the folks in charge, knowing what they're doing. I've never been so glad to pay taxes. America and Europe must stand behind these brave men and women until the last Russian is expelled. They're saving the world from a monstrous culture of death. I just think any person who wakes up in the morning and says, I'm so glad to pay taxes is not a conservative. Yeah. While Jennifer Rubin is wrong, she's always wrong. And so that's sort of run of the mill. And for that reason, Smug wins round two. Fair enough. Fair enough. It is funny, though. I've saved a nuke. Oh, wow. Yeah. The market for truly conservative ideas and more so for conservative sensibility has shrunk as more voters in the center have fled the GOP. GOP's choices, Trump and Trump imitators. Other than Hogan and Cheney, there's not a conservative in the batch. I have, my my tweet is such a great answer to this. Such a great answer to this. Incredible. So, 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 so there, uh, General was like, there's no like marketplace of conservative ideas. Well, Stuart Stevens certainly has found one. And it's certainly one to try and make him some money. Last night at Resolute Square, launched with our first strategy call. Watch it here. We will have these regularly. We'll also be posting latest writings from myself, Rick Wilson, Joe Trippi, Reed Galen, and others. We're building a pro-democracy hub to fight Fox News. Let's do this. Oh, my God. That's the marketplace of ideas. Dude, how many of these fucking splinter-off groups as to get funded by George Soros do they need? As long as they can find a new checking account, they will keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to dig in on this one because what she's saying is that the market for truly conservative ideas, truly Exactly. Go to ResoluteSquare.com and give a donation. Are, tr- are, are Trump and Trump. Uh other than Hogan and Cheney, and right. she's talking about she's talking about Liz Cheney who endorsed four Democrat House right. Democrats, right. liberal House Democrats right. who voted for the Inflation Reduction Act and BBB and all that nonsense. Right, and if she she's like Trump is bad, so everyone from Nikki Haley to Ron DeSantis are equally not conservative. That's not conservative. they are Trump. They are, everyone is Trump. Abigail Spanberger is, <laughs> is conservative. Okay, it's what he's just saying. <laughs> the thing about Smug's tweet, though, that I really like, I, you know, I just appreciate it. I appreciate the grind. I appreciate the hustle of these folks that they just want to be like another bubble in the entire flow chart of Arabella Advisors yep, funding that's mechanisms. It, that's it. It's like, well, just one more thing. This is the thing that's going to do it. I really appreciate that grind, that hustle. Way to go, Stu. Um, <laughs> and and it's important to note, so like Stu is one of the like come latelys on the Lincoln Project Griff. So his his uh, mortgage has not been paid off. So now he's got to be like, well, these idiots found a way to do it. I'm going to open a checking account. <laughs> Abigail Spamberg I know. is the well, last well, conservative So, vote. I mean, that's the thing is like the the idea of the tweet for Stu holds up 100%. The content of the tweet is more run-of-the-mill compared 
to what brain worms Jennifer Rubin has offered, and for that reason, she wins round three. She is just an on an absolute tear, an absolute tear. I knew I had two nukes. I knew I had two nukes, and so I, good. I, I had one average, two nukes. I played it accordingly. But Stu was a good competitor. He was a great competitor. I but hope we I, see him again. I think we did it. I I think so. If if I may say so myself, gentlemen, absolute banger of an episode thank you so much to our listeners and remember we got folks volunteering with herschel walker's campaign go directly to his website to donate get involved let's win that one so until next time minions keep the faith hold the line and own the libs we'll see you on tuesday stay ruthless 